welcome book club members to this meeting of Fat Girl Book Club. The book we read for this episode is Body Image Remix by Summer Inanin. And before I get into telling you about my guest, a few housekeeping items. First off, as you probably already know, this is a new podcast. So if you like this episode, please, please, please subscribe. And if you really like it, rating and reviewing will always help us to come up when people search for something new to listen to. Second, if you are listening in real time, there's a book giveaway for a copy of this book. Go to my website, iwishiwereme.com, and click on the Fat Girl Book Club tab to see the details. Do it soon, though, because the giveaway will close just after these first episodes drop. Lastly, if all this talk about body image sounds interesting to you, but you're just not really sure where to start, go to my website, that same one, iwishiwereme.com, and download a copy of my freebie called Your Better Body Image Checklist. It'll give you some beginner steps to help improve your body image quickly. With all that being said, let's get into the book. My guest today is Shannon Smith. I met her when I went to a local event that I heard about on uh, Kayla Logan's blog. And basically it was a bunch of men and women who took off most of their clothes. They were decent enough that when the police came by, we were... We were all good. And Shannon was the photographer for that event. And I got some information after that event and contacted her afterwards and asked her if she would like to be a part of this podcast. So I'm super excited to introduce you to her. Shannon is the owner and photographer of artist Shannon Smith. She specializes in female empowerment and body positive and body acceptance boudoir photography. Shannon helps to give space, tools, and knowledge to other women who are also looking to find body and self-acceptance. Shannon's journey has been a continuous one being a larger child to adult life. Shannon became a mother in 2015 and she took the mission of finding the love for herself seriously, as she wanted to give her son a better foundation to learn from. Knowing it started with her, she started taking the first steps into this unknown space. Starting her photography business in 2016, she quickly fell in love with boudoir and what it could offer to other women. Immersing herself in the world of fat activism and body positivity, she has created a space where all women and non-gendered people can feel accepted, gain information, and tools on self-love, body acceptance, and feminism. She is on a mission to stop the cycle of self-hate, to empower and encapture as many women as possible, to show them that they are worthy and valuable in the body they are in today and create a ripple effect of change. Welcome to Fat Girl Book Club, Shannon. So starting us off here, how did you find body positivity and how did this particular book that we're talking about, Body Image Remix by Summer Inanen, come into your life? This is a good question. I think um, body positivity has always been something that... um, has always been something that I've been part of. I like before it had a name of body positivity, like it was just my life. (laughs) And, um, but when I became a boudoir photographer, when I became a mom, I started exploring more, um, the aspect of female empowerment and, and, um, and the, the, as we'll talk about, but all of the shame and the feelings that have, we have about our bodies, especially after, um, you know, postpartum area. And, um, and I, I decided to do some investigation into like, 
what is out there for women to actually love themselves? Like what actually, like, is there something that is out there like that I can do, you know? Yes. And like, cause this is what I need to do. And I <laughs> fell into it. But then when I like started researching and I fell into body positivity, I had a mentor that's body positive as well. And, um, and then I started, I fell upon, I have a Facebook group and uh, somebody had mentioned Summer in and podcast and I just like instantly fell in love with her and, um, and then like, I'm, I'm a groupie now. So then I went and got the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Nice. So nice. That's kind yes. Of journey and like how I found this book in and Right. So you were talking about having a mentor and I'm, I'm curious about that. How did you fall into finding a mentor, especially one that's body positive in the world we're living in today? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I started like, I started photography doing like families and stuff. And I've been doing photography since I was like 14 as a hobby and nothing more. And then, um, and, um, so I went into families and such, and I thought, you know what, I need to try this avenue of photography called Boudoir and, you know, and, and my own version of it, because everybody has this yes. very outdated stereotypical view of Boudoir, <laughs> but, um, and, and I, I felt the female empowerment and I've never felt something like this before. And it was something that literally lit my soul on fire. And, um, and I started working on like telling my story and like uh, being a mom who, um, I was, had extreme challenges and, um, through a friend, she invited me into this other photographer's group and there was a photographer in there and she's phenomenal, Terry Hofford. And, um, she's in, uh, Winnipeg and, um, and her entire philosophy is body positivity as well. And, um, I immediately was like, um, so you're the person, like you're me on a different level. And like, I am now going to attach myself to you and I am going to be this thing you can't get rid of. <laughs> and, uh, and so for about two and a half years, that's basically what I've been is this thing she can't get rid of, but um, in the most loving and beautiful way. It's <laughs> fantastic. That's, yeah. that's great. Actually, when you find someone that you really connect with, it's, I mean, stick with them, stick with them. <laughs> it is, especially in this body positive world yes. where it is very small. Yes. It's a very small world and um, it's, it's against the status quo. So yes. when you find your people that think or are like-minded like you, yeah. like stick, <laughs> like yes. you have to build that yes. community. And what, when you first heard about body positivity and, and met somebody who's kind of embodying that, did it, uh, what was your initial reaction? Was it just kind of like, I didn't even know that this, that this existed, that I could be a part of this, that this is something that is out there? I think because of my upbringing that it wasn't a shock to me. Mm -hmm. Because um, my, my mom really instilled the views that um, you know, you are not your body and, you know, you are an amazing person and all those things that we really now as body positive activists, we preached for everyone to start teaching their children to break the cycle. Um, it, my mom always was that foundation, even though she didn't under always understand the challenges that I had in a bigger body. 
And so I still faced those outward things. It wasn't easy by any means. But when, um, when I found that like this community and, and people that, you know, thought like me, I was like, aha, like this was that Oprah aha moment <laughs> where I was yeah. like, you are, you are my people and I need to yes. learn more about this and I need to educate myself because now I have a name to something that I yes. felt. Yes. And when, not that I love labels or anything like that, but we need a label for this. And when you mm -hmm. find it, you can search it and you can educate yourself. And I think that's really important. Yes. And community. I mean, community is huge and that's just, and what your mom was saying, I mean, that's beautiful. That's, that's really yeah. awesome. You know, that's really, really awesome to grow up like that. Awesome. Thank you. So with this book, I think we were saying before, I think you said it, that it's small, but mighty. It I is. completely <laughs> agree with that description. <laughs> it is not a big book, but it is no. So impactful. There is so much in there. But one of the first concepts she talks about is this idea of your future badass self. Is that yes. something that you connected with when you first read it? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a very goal-driven person. So like I don't even like I may not have a concept of how I want how I get to something, but I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm doing that. I'll figure it out. Yes. And I think that when we um, when we step outside our box, we have to know what we're going for, right? Like if we're smashing the comfort zone box, what is that that I'm trying to achieve? Because otherwise it's a lonely galaxy world where you don't know where you're going and floating in space. Yes. So I think it's important to connect with those goals and the feelings yes. of what those goals are representing. Yes. Nailed it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's always been the hardest thing for me is the feeling part of it. I, 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 like you, I'm very goal driven. I can write out goal lists for days, but to actually attach a, an emotion to, to that goal and where I, what I want to feel when I get there, that's the more difficult challenge, I think. I think that's because as women, we're told to not trust our feelings. Ooh, yes. Right? Like yes. from the time that we're little, it's like, don't trust your body. Don't trust your feelings. If you feel anything, like you actually don't. So like, <laughs> yeah. Right? And yes. So I think like the time we're like five or six or even younger, like yeah. that's already being a, a message that we're being conditioned for. Yes. And then so like we know the basic like happy sad angry but like yeah. we don't actually know what things feel like anymore and I think that's something that is greatly lost so when we have to actually sit down possibly with an emotion wheel and like label what things make us feel like like that's a connecting with your soul <laughs> thing right like it's like whoa I did not even know that there was you know 40 different emotions <laughs> <laughs> and that can sound so overwhelming too it's like oh there's so many nuances to what I can feel I just have to connect with those yeah it can be a really big thing <laughs> yeah it can <laughs> well I did this exercise uh, not that long ago and I was actually surprised at how many things I had on my list I don't know if this is something you've ever gone ahead and done to try to write it I, all out I do it and I do it every like six months. Oh, wow. 
because I find that as I move along my journey, there's some consistency <laughs> of like, I still need to a work on something yeah. or like, this is still a goal that I just haven't got to, right. or it's like, I have a whole new things. Cause I completed those <laughs> things. And like, so now these are the next things I want to do. Right. And it's pretty amazing how like you're always, or maybe sometimes even just going backwards. I mean, like I, yeah. I forgot about that. I need to work on that again. So it's always this fluctuation. So I, yeah, I do it about every six months. I have like three in my journal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and that kind of reminds me of something I'm jumping ahead on my list of questions that I had, but she talks about uh, three different stages of, of self-love. And she talks about the first one being um, accept and then the second one being embraced and then the third one being love. And when I read that, when I went through that, I sort of thought, you know, I go back and forth on those a lot. Like one day I could be full on just having to take that step every, every kind of hour of accepting the thoughts that are coming in. And then the next day I could wake up and be like, my body's no big deal. I'm it's, it is, it is what it is. Like I find myself fluctuating a lot between those. And it's interesting it's, how on that journey is like that. It's so valid. Like that is a completely normal and valid journey. Like it's mm. not even a roller coaster. Like sometimes it can be just cliffs of like cliffs upon cliffs, like Grand Canyon yes. cliffs or something. And then like, and then there's also the roller coaster. And I, I find like in my practice, um, when we're talking about like even taking a photo, so you can take a photo today in the outfit that you're wearing and, and like, maybe you'll have, have, there's always these outside influences, right? So maybe like you had a crappy day at work or the kid bothered you or whatever it is. You don't want to fight with your husband, like whatever it is, your partner, um, whatever it is. And then, so you look in that and you're like, ugh, this shirt does not look good. You know, like I do not look good in this image. And then like you take a picture next week wearing the same thing. You're like, Ooh, I look amazing. Yes. Right. Like it literally has nothing to do with your clothes. It has nothing. No. Body. Yes. It's all these thought things and external circumstances yeah. that truly are making yeah. it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things she says close, right close to the end is that self-love breakthroughs are smaller and generally less noticeable until you start to pay attention to how far you've come. And that oh, yeah. so resonated with me. It was like, yes, it's so true. Like, when you're kind of trapped in a, in a dieting cycle, it's, you know, every week you're getting on that scale and it's a very concrete as to whether or not you're being quote unquote successful. Right. And yeah. then when you get on this journey, it's like, there's no key performance indicators to tell you, yeah, you're nailing it. You know? and there's not many people being there going like, good on you. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. You know, like there's, you're doing your own like little single selfie high fives. It's true. I mean, I think like that's a general life statement as well. Like if I look at like, I can think, I okay, I'm just going to take a very concrete thing and say my photography. When I first started, I was like, oh yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> like I am the best photographer out there and then I was like oh I suck and <laughs> I was like oh I'm great again right and then like there's times even now with a lot more knowledge and and education behind my work where I'm like oh yeah like I nailed that how I wanted to and sometimes I'm like oh that 
I'm not feeling my work. But if I look back at like the stuff that I did at the beginning, I'm like, oh yeah, like there's growth here. Like what are, who are you kidding? And I think like on something that's not concrete or tangible, it's really hard to do that or to have those check-ins because there's not like, I can just touch my body and be like, so how are we doing? Like, how has this been for you? Tell me like there's, (laughs) you can't. But yeah, that's true. there is that like introspective of like, is my negative or my inner critic, is it talking a lot? Like, or am I hearing that? Like she calls it your, like, um, your ganger. Yeah. And, and like, who am I actually listening to more? You yes. know, and if you like, yes. if you can be like, I started out in this world, diet culture, whatever, and this is where I'm at now. Like, actually, it's pretty good. Yes. Yes. I have found that's one of the best things about reading body positive books is that it's a good gauge for me to figure out how far I've come because I'll start reading them and I'll be like, I don't think that way anymore. Like, it's just kind of amazing to me that I've come so far, you know? So reading's important, folks. (laughs) Or or like you don't get to that point in a conversation or while reading where you're like, oh, I'm so mad. This is not okay. And like, I I don't accept this thought. Slam book down, like walk away. (laughs) Because these, I mean, like we're talking about deep subjects. So Yes. If you're not feeling that, I mean, that's an indicator as well, because if you were still in diet culture and still like firmly planted there, you yes. would be like, uh-uh, I ain't taking this info, no way. And you would be challenging it. Where yes. now you can be like, ooh, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yes. That's yes. totally two different mindsets, right? Yes. Deeper levels too. Now, yes. because like you say, now you're not fighting it. You're actually starting to absorb some of it and actually taking some of that away with you and and really absorbing into who you are which I think is just um it just amazes me every time I read a book that I'm like wow I'm actually absorbing this I'm past certain other parts and I'm like yes this is this is actively working on it yes yes that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because I wanted people to get an understanding of what what's in the book so that when they take it with them and they read it, they can actually do some of the exercises so that they can start to really gain some knowledge from what the book is trying to tell you to do. Because how many people do you talk to about this stuff and they kind of nod their heads? Yes, yes, I'm totally on board. But when they start actually getting into their belief systems, it's like, no, you don't actually. I like, I cannot express that enough. There's Mm -hmm. so many people and I'm in an industry where everybody's like, I'm here to empower women and I'm body positive. And I'm, and then they'll say another thing like, no, you're not like, you have this like umbrella idea of what you think it is. And like, you haven't done any of the work to be there and you actually are not leading. You're not actually walking the walk while you talk the talk. And like, I, and then I get really aggravated. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I think it's like, that's my own boundary thing, obviously. Um, it's, it's when, if somebody's saying they're a specialist or, um, or that they are knowledgeable in something and leading people, um, I want to know that I can trust that you've done the work, mm. right? And mm-hmm. like knowing you've 
do the work. You show that mm-hmm. on your Instagram all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important to me because if I'm learning for you, I need to know that you, you'll be vulnerable and help me through those journey spots, yes. you know? Yes. And when, when you're having, and now that body positives out there and we have like Ashley Graham and like all these people that are leading it, people think that's just what it is. And I think when you like talk to clients or you meet people out in public and you're, and they're like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. You're like, okay, but do you, (laughs) Yeah, you almost want to quiz them. And then I don't know, I've stopped kind of using that term because it is like you say, it's everyone goes, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. And yeah. they're not actually, they don't mean it in the same way that I mean it when I'm tired. <laughs> yes. And Summer Inanen is actually like, she's pretty much quit too. <laughs> yeah. She's like, not quit, like quit using the term body. Positive. Right. Right. And she talks in here a little bit about um, changing your language. And, and yeah. I think that that's really, that's actually been very difficult for me to do because we use these terms. I mean, how often before, you know, getting involved in this. I would use the expression, I feel so fat. You know, I mean, like those types of things are just, they just kind of roll off the tongue. They're within our culture. So she talks about not using that word fat as a feeling. She talks about, you know, not using the word um, obesity or the word overweight. And I, I completely agree. Language is power and it makes a big difference. So important. Mm. We um, were doing a workshop and somebody was talking about somebody who was nasty and it was very like, it was just an authentic thing. And she said, she's such a cow. And we were like, oh, okay, wait yeah. up, wait up. Yeah. Like that in itself is something that is actually very fat phobic. Yes. And, like it's, it's these things that like, oh, I ate so much. I feel like a pig. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Does, does a pig feel fat? Like, I don't know. You tell me, go ask the pig. Like <laughs> with these things that do, we're just conditioned and that like, this is normal language is yeah. something that still continues to lead the oppression. Yes. Right. Yes. And I mean, if we look at the broader scope of like LBGTQ people, mm-hmm. this is, they're leading, I think the way in like, reclaiming words and representing how words are supposed to mean and educating the public and um and i mean there's other like you know the racial divides and such as well that like we we have the chance and opportunity to learn new language it's up to us to accept that and do the work and if just like um you know if i was to use um you know really bad language then um about people with of a different race then i mean Mm -hmm. my i would be called a racist so i mean and that that that's just how it is if we are now in the like the workings of the language of body positivity and like Mm -hmm. how it's going to lead out so like if i'm calling people fat and i'm saying that fat is a bad thing then i am fat phobic and as fat activists um um make more stir and as we gain more ground in the movement that we will, I hope this is like, honestly, like this is my biggest dream is to see um, sizeism in the definition of oppression of hate mm. crimes. Of mm-hmm. This yep. is something that I would love to be a part of. And yes. I want to see, that's what I want because when we yep. label something, it can't continue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, uh, um, I can't remember what the actual number was because I'm bad with numbers, but they were saying there's so many states and it's quite a good number of states that you can actually be fired for being fat. 
Like the discrimination. It's like 50 states. It's crazy, right? Like 49 or something. Like it's it's very high. And that's just, I'm just like, I can't get over that. But people don't equate, um, they don't equate it the same way, right? Like if you were to talk to someone who's not involved in the, in the movement at all, they don't understand that it is the same as being uh, against someone for the color of their skin or being against somebody um, because they're LGBTQ. Like it's the same thing, but it's literally they don't, they, they say no, because you should have willpower. You have the ability to change your body, which is so exasperating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you and I'm like, Oh yeah. like like that literally like that it angers me so much that this is still a thing that we think and I've seen like a saying now that like I just love that is like if people can be naturally thin people can be naturally fat yes we need to accept that there's we have all different types of walk of life we have all types of different dna and there is so much more involved in health i mean you know the hayes book as well but um in the hayes book i think it's like 20 it's 20 percent or less is actually equated to um, of health is equated to food and exercise mm-hmm. and there's an 80 percent. and i know you're probably going to talk about this with someone else yeah. but yeah. like i mean there's a huge disarray and yes. and um some are even in the book like there's many times in the book where she asks a lot about like, what are your beliefs of thin and what are your beliefs of fat? And like, I think if somebody's doing the work in the book that as you go through, you will see the change of your thoughts happen because she has it in such a work, uh, such a laid out way that that would happen. But the stereotypes of like, oh, well, you just don't work enough or work out enough or you eat too much or you're lazy or like, you know, you must be depressed. Like these are all and like a thousand more all of these labels for stereotypes of fat people are actually not true. Like I can be happy and healthy and be a fat person. Yes. 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 Oh, it's just, yeah, it's so frustrating. And I think that's part of my issue with body positivity is so many people will come at you with, well, you know, I mean, you can be any size, but you know, there's, it's like, there's a line. It's like, they think, yeah, you can be any size, but you know, if you're bigger, you should still be working out and eating clean or salads in quotation marks here, Um, you know, that you should be doing these things, this whole good fatty, bad fatty dichotomy, right? And it's so- You're allowed to be fat as long as you have a a flat stomach. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. You've got curves. You look like, you know, Ashley Graham, like you were mentioning before, like you, you have to have the right shape. You can be fat, but you have to have the right shape. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I think like, because it's a catchphrase also, we find straight size people also latching onto body positivity. Yes. And, um, and, and I am all for every single woman feeling good about themselves. Yes. 91% of us hate our bodies and of women. I mean, this isn't a size specific thing and this isn't, I will never, ever be involved in a like thin versus fat. Like that's, we all need to move together forward together, but like, we also have to look at the roots of where body positivity came from and that was through fat activism. I'm very adamant on that and that, um, you know, we can all latch onto it, but if you are part of body positivity, you also have to advocate for fat people. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. 
I, I, I put up something the other day on social media and it was, it's great to have thin allies. We need them in this movement. We really do because otherwise there are people who won't listen to us unless we have thin people in the movement. Unfortunately, that is true. Um, but if somebody says they're part of this movement and they, you know, you take a look at their social media and they don't have anyone of larger size on there, if they're not subscribed to any podcast from people who are of larger size, if their YouTube consumption is just thin allies, then they're not really part of this movement. You know, yeah. like they just really are not, you know, you, you really do have to embrace all of it if you're going to be a part of it, in my opinion. I, Obviously, I'm just my opinion. <laughs> but I think that's very true. I mean, I've been in situations where like I'm in my group and, and um, I'm the leader in my group and sometimes even people won't believe me because they think that I'm biased in whatever way. So I will pull somebody and often it will be a thin person. And I'm like, can you jump on this? Because I know that you can speak your, your truth on this. Can you, can you jump in? Or sometimes it's, it's a larger person, but yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's important to have those allies. Yes. And I think it's also like, again, putting it in a different spectrum. If I'm saying I am a body positive or body diverse photographer, mm -hmm. I better have, you know, people of other cultures. Um, if I'm saying I'm yes. an LBGTQ ally, then like I better have friends that are part of the LBGTQ and not as tokenism. Whether yes. you're fat and LBGTQ or a different race, like let's not make this about tokenism. No. This is like an actual valid relationship yes. and somebody who's willing to put themselves out there. That's different from tokenism. Yes, so. yes, 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 yes. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know anybody, go educate yourself and then go find Yeah. Them. Yeah. Community. Like you were saying at the beginning, community. And there, I mean, granted, it's not always easy to stick your hand out and get involved. And sometimes some like I know we're both in Calgary and sometimes it cannot, it's not easy to find the people who are of the like mind here because it, it is a smaller city, smaller in quotation marks, I guess. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can be difficult, but that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile or that you shouldn't do it. You know, it, it's, Exactly. Not impossible. Never impossible. Someone has to so. start it. And if you're starting yours and I'm starting mine, there's a good chance that we'll meet somewhere and which happened. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and now like our community comes together, right? Yeah. So yep. I, I think the, like, again, Summer talks about in the group, mm -hmm. in the book mm -hmm. But um, vulnerability, vulnerability is really hard. And if you're going to be part of this movement, it's important to be vulnerable. It's important yeah. to, you know, yeah. I might put my hand out there and nobody show up. But, you know, the important part is, is that I put my hand out there. And even yeah. if somebody's not ready to grab my hand, that I still did it. And yes. that in itself is considered I think courageous and brave absolutely. when you don't know that somebody's going to be there and you still do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, I, I think for you and I, because we have done some of the work, when we read this book, we see the bigger issues, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, the reality is, is that someone who's just brand new who picks up this book this book really is about their personal journey and trying oh, yeah. to figure out what their beliefs are around their body and their body image which yes. i think was so powerful like you were talking before about the journaling exercises i connected with myself so much through those journaling exercises because you're really pulling out 
um, these, these things that you believe that you sort of go, I can't, I, I don't, you may not even understand where they're coming from, you know, cause you yeah. kind of go back through your, your history and you go, wow, I can't see where that's coming from. It's coming from the culture. <laughs> Yeah, going from around you, you know. Department of social media and um, media of all types is still just as much a voice as it is our, our parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. She yeah. she talks a lot about different internal and external factors that lead to poor body image. She has this story about her mom pointing at her stomach and pointing out her rolls, and yeah. and she talks about so many other influences too. I I'm curious what you think are some major culprits of this of like of where poor image starts Mm -hmm. oh i definitely think like if we i think the like your actual body um image foundation um is formed from ages three to nine so i mean we have to think okay so who is who are we around when we're that age so i mean it's definitely our parents hopefully parents anyways um and like caregivers grandparents aunts and uncles i mean we are those those i have a son he's a sponge (laughs) and like even if they're not being talked to they're still hearing and still like processing everything so i think like you have to think about like what is the family dynamic and Mm -hmm. what are who are the caregivers um and and i think that's really important i've done a talk for my son's daycare for example because yeah because i i've heard things being said and i was like whoa 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 i'm not okay with this i'm not okay with my son being in this atmosphere so i just went up and said can i speak like can i can i teach your caregivers about body positivity yeah because you guys are a leading founder foundation in this process and it was phenomenal it was received it was that was really important but i think like we don't understand if you think back to you know she says in there what what formed your body image what is your basically what is your earliest memory of being a body and you know so she remembered her sitting on the side of her bed and her mom was like oh you're getting some rolls i mean her mom may not have meant that in a really negative way and for that to be the first time that she remembers herself being fat or an implication or an imply of that but like there's all these these little factors that will stick in your brain when was the first time that you remember like having a body or being fat You know, I was actually trying to think of that question when I was one of the journaling exercises that came up and I don't have, I have pretty fuzzy um, memories of, of, I never really saw myself as, as fat. I, I never really did. I think it was when I switched schools that I started to notice that I was different, different in, in the size of my body, you know? And, and I, for some reason I couldn't, not for some reason. I I knew why, but I think, you know, you're still a kid. So you're still kind of unsure as to the reason why. Like I still couldn't quite figure out why they, the other kids, I was not quite as popular as the other kids, you know? We just know we're different. There's that yes. word different is so key because kids can't put that into words. They don't know that yeah. all the time. They're just, I'm different. Yeah. I'm an outsider. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And what about you? What was your first memory? Um, I have a lot, <laughs> but, um, the one that I always, um, tend to use in this, as an example, cause I think it was a profound moment was, um, I was, um, we had gone for, we, I lived in, grew up in Saskatchewan and we came to Alberta mm-hmm. to see cousins and 
we were staying in a hotel and um, going down a water slide. And I'm a water baby. I love water. And so my mom's taking pictures of all of us kids. And at that point, like the um, film had to be developed, right? So the film come arrives, you know, weeks, months later, whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, whenever mom finally finished the, yeah. the film. <laughs> yeah. And um, and she she went, ooh, ooh, we won't look at that picture and like kept going. And I was like, ooh well, what's, what's with that picture? And I was only like nine. Yeah. And, um, and then she, I went and got the picture and it was like me and my bathing suit with like Mm -hmm. six rules. And, and like, I didn't feel that in the moment. I wasn't self-conscious about my bathing suit or my roles. And I was just enjoying being a kid, being on a water side and having fun. And I suddenly realized there was something wrong in that. Hmm. And and that these roles were suddenly a bad thing. Yes. Yes. Even though she was trying her best to protect me and she was trying to do the right thing, that's a memory that still sticks in. And I remember having after that, like very deep seated, angry thoughts about my tummy. Uh, Oh yeah. It's crazy. And you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever talked to your mom about that, but I, I, I don't think most parents even remember doing these things. Like, it's not like they kind of go out to be, oh yeah, this is what I'm, I'm going to say, you know? No. And yet it's the kinds of things that, that stick with a kid as they grow up. I think one of the things I liked about the, this book was that Summer Inan talks about uh, loving yourself and she gives that definition from Brene Brown, which yes. big Brene but Brown fan. So that yeah. was kind of like, yes, I love you even more. (laughs) And she talks about compassion too, which I think in my own journey, that is something that's been really hard for me to grasp. I mean, logically you get it. You need to show yourself compassion. Yes. But on a practical level, on a day-to-day level, that's been very hard for me. How... What do you think is kind of your own definition of compassion and how do you think that's come into your own life? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good question. I want to know your good answer after. Um, I think like as a kid, I think kids are innately like they forgive themselves very quickly because they live Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely something that us as adults unlearn somewhere in there. Some Mm. of that shame game where whether it's the way our parents discipline us or something, but we eventually get like really hard on ourselves and like that we deserve this punishment and we can't forgive ourselves. And for me, that's what compassion is. It's about this room, this space that I put around myself where I'm like, I am imperfect. I will make mistakes and I am okay to make mistakes and be human. And that, you know, I'm going to miss step along the way. I'll learn from it, but it's okay. I forgive myself for these mistakes because again, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody is. And, um, and embracing that. For me, um, a very, very, uh, so very, very, very um, important part of where I had to relearn compassion was um, I was a new mom for the first time. I had uh, late onset postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was severe. I mean, we're talking, there was, I mean, it was severe. It was mm-hmm. not psychosis, but very close. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was all internalized. I didn't want to hurt anyone, but I mean, let's hurt this person here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had 
because I was so anxious and scared of leaving my son alone, I completely forgot what self-care is. I literally, if you asked which <sighs> who Shannon was, I was a mom. Like there was literally nothing else attached to my identity or who I was as a human being other than being a caregiver. Like the, I was the only person that could care for this child. And yeah. so I said, walk to the doctor. I asked for help and I said, I'm not leaving here without help. Like this is urgent. And um, I'm so glad I had that wherewithal or else I would not be here. Wow. Like I literally would not be here. And, um, and I had a, fantastic counselor that I spoke with. She had, um, and, um, Summer, um, mentions her in this book too, which is really cool because she is also a, um, founder of self-compassion, but she's like, here's this Ted talk. You need to look it up. And I won't remember her name unless I look through this book beside me, but, um, <laughs> but here's this link on a Ted talk on self-compassion and you need to learn it. Like there is like this mom guilt thing needs to be dropped. And like, you need to understand that as a mom, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Like you literally cannot protect your child. And like, you need to go do this self care stuff. Cause like, mm. you're going to like suffer a lot and along with everyone else around you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I being the researcher that I am, I spent, um, another month researching everything and like, how do I deal with all the feelings that come up? And, um, and I had to, I had to literally learn what this was all over again, like as if I was a newborn baby, because I I didn't have any of that grasp anymore. It left me. And so having that ability to like do the self care and to give yourself that space, like it's, and Plus, I am way more patient when I'm doing my self-care and giving myself compassion. Like, and that in turn, I can give my son or my partner that much more compassion too, right? So I think if we, if we're going to be compassionate and forgive other people, then we also need to put that hand, that hand Mm. out for ourselves, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Totally. Totally. How about you? Oh yeah. This has been a tough one for me to learn. I'm, I'm. Uh, and I'm still, str- I still struggle with it. And actually, to be honest with you, I, I put out uh, one of the freebies on my website is a body image bingo card. And yeah. one of the challenges that's on there is this kind of negative thoughts challenge where you take an entire day and you write out the thoughts as they come about your body. And I remember reading that over at the end of the day and just being floored at how, like, I, I get so worried about trolls on social media and I'm going, I speak so meanly to myself. Like no troll could even get close to this mean. And, and you can just delete that troll. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's ways around that. No, that, that little inner critic. No. So I have had to come up with kind of my own system of dealing with I I also struggle with feeling the feelings. So, you know, I really do have to take that time to connect with what feeling I'm feeling and then um, helping myself through that in whatever way that needs to be. Like if I, I don't know, try on a shirt that's in my closet and doesn't fit anymore, just getting rid of it, you know, dealing with those things and then doing something nice for myself, you know, those, those types of things that I never used to do before. I, I mean, when I was trapped in dieting, push through. Yeah. And like that one pound, like suddenly you had to like, oh no, you're a bad person by getting yes. one pound. And yes. like, literally that's just 
like being a female, I'm sure. Um, and, um, and like, instead of being like, you're a bad person, drilling into yourself, giving yourself compassion that like, okay, so let's just buy new pants. Yes. Yes. Maybe you're just blown because you're about to get your period. Exactly. Trying to stick, stay away from the good, bad, you know, this is a good behavior. This is a bad behavior. And, and that also means looking at it like, uh, you know, we're in this and in body positivity, they tell us, you know, we should be self-loving. And sometimes those thoughts are very mean. And instead of beating myself up for having those thoughts, oh, well, you're not very body positive, (laughs) you know, instead saying, you know what, I'm not feeling fantastic about myself. So I, I, I need to connect with myself in some way. Maybe I need some meditation or maybe I just need to cuddle my dogs or maybe I just need to uh, journal, you know, trying to find a way to connect to what's going on. So I think those are the ways that I, and it's, it's still a process. It's still, I have to be very um, uh, cognizant of what's going on because sometimes I just don't feel great and I don't want to connect with the feelings. So I just don't feel great for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always about doing that work, right? Like this yes. is constant work. And yes. I think that people think, and, and I mean, she talks about this at the end of the book, but like people think there's this, oh, destination of not, oh, destination, but oh, yep. there's a destination. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like uh-huh. um, this is what being body positive looks like. And I'm going to have this, ah, <laughs> moment where I'm just going to feel great and be happy and life yeah. will be amazing. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the case because life is life. No, exactly. It's not a journey of pounds. It's not a journey of a goal weight where, and I had plenty of these goal weight celebrations. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I think like that's one thing that like for me for having the like from right from the beginning of the book of like your future badass self Mm -hmm. and like dissecting what those feelings are that was really important for me in the terms of um I always thought like I had to be doing this diet and I was only like my success was only when I got to this certain pound just as she speaks in this book there's a whole chapter on that um but when you stop from that, like, it's just such an unknown thing that like, it's just very, um, it's very elusive, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this, this the, you don't know where you're supposed to be grasping or what you're yes. supposed to be doing. And, um, and I think that's the really good part of having, being aware now that like, mm-hmm. like the body positive world, like I can feel like whatever I do and there can be all these different roller coaster feelings and that I'm still going to have to constantly do the work is so okay with me now. Cause back yes. at the beginning when I was like, no, but I'm having a feeling. So I think I need to either a binge or I need to be going like, let's go run for a mile be or like, I can't, I have to earn to eat. Right. Yes. So, yes. Like, so, like, I don't want to feel anything. So let's go yeah. do the things to take away those feelings where she's like you need to feel to heal so like let's do the work right yes Yes. yeah it's definitely a deep dive for such a small book yeah (laughs) literally we could probably be here another two hours well exactly there's so much in there and i found um uh, especially reading reading this the second time because it's so short it really takes no time at all to read 
the last little bit at the end got really, I, I think when I first read it, I sort of went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I read it this time, I sort of went, this is really deep. Like she is actually talking about, um, about perfectionism, about diet culture and how diet culture tries to get you to think you are not worthy and about body shame. And I, I was, it took me that second reading to really kind of get into those things. And probably it just took me that much longer on my journey too, but to I be able to grasp them. I think that's very true. And I think for anyone that's like, Oh, these, this is a lot of work and I don't want to pick up this book. Like don't, don't listen to that because mm-hmm. this book, she's summer is such a funny person so that funny. like she takes you through these <laughs> stories of her journey yeah. of her journey. And I'm like, yeah. like, she's just so eloquent in her yes. humor and her wit <laughs> yes. that it's a very funny read. It's only when you do yes. the work that you're like, Oh yeah. I've just yes. Now. Yep. And, and I agree with you because when I, I've read this book now three times, mm-hmm. but every single time that I've gone back, like I've gained something, a new yes. knowledge because yes. you're in this new next level and you're like, Ooh, I didn't catch her say that before. <laughs> like, I don't know if she understands yeah. how, like a master she is. I'm on the summer train. Yes. But yeah. he's like very <laughs> masterful at the yeah. way wrote this book it's funny yes. for the beginners it's impactful mm-hmm. for the second time readers and the mm-hmm. third time you're still even gaining like yes. these insights and yes. I think that's really important because yeah. if somebody's working and just stepping their feet into like doing this work and unlearning and healing mm-hmm. like it has to be there has to be some funny moments too because <laughs> yeah. oh. this is just too too hard to work and it'd be really depressing yes otherwise. and she is so funny it's just I mean, I was like laughing out loud. I think it, it sounds like she's around the same age. So some yes. of her jokes that you sort of go, okay, I totally get that. That's really funny, you know? So she had yeah. me kind of laughing out loud. Relatable, very relatable. Um, yeah. You want to be your best buddy. You know, you're just kind of yeah. like, yeah, I'd love to go out for a beer with you. <laughs> exactly it, exactly it. <laughs> so... Any overall last thoughts about the book? I honestly think that if somebody is wanting to learn more about body image and what this whole mean, this whole thing means, and for someone who is wanting to do the work, that this really is a good book. She, Summer goes through, she's hit every single stage that you need to do. It is a lighthearted read, like we were saying. Mm-hmm but it's really impactful. So if you're wanting to learn more and just be like, I've heard of this, what do, what is this about? She'll teach you that. And she'll give you like, even if you're not ready to get out of the diet world, let's say for example, there's still a lot of really good tips that will maybe one day you'll stop being in diet culture, but she'll start giving you those concept of like, we were trying the self-compassion and like play and creativity and all these things that we as adults all need to be doing. And so even if you're not ready and you're scared to give up diet culture, there's still all these other fundamentals that will just make you feel like a better person. And like, like from the inside out, you be that better person that you're capable of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. 100%. So to finish off, Shannon, can you tell our readers, readers, 
Well, what kind of readers? I mean, they readers? are readers. Your readers <laughs> and listeners. It's a double whammy. Where they can find you and, and anything you want to promote. Sure. So I'm a, as I've mentioned already, I'm a boudoir body positive photographer. Um, so they can find me at uh, shannonsmithphotography.com. Um, I was also under, I'm, I'm rebranding, so that's the new that's a new rebrand. Um, <laughs> but um, that'll be out in time for your podcast. And um, I have in January, I am leading a workshop that is based on a lot of Summer's um, uh, foundation, as well as like all the other foundations that I have. So this isn't like just a ripoff of Summer or anything, but um, though I'll, I'll gladly learn from her. Um, <laughs> but a two-day course that I'm doing on all of this work. I think it's important that we um, do it as a community or with connection. It's a lot easier to do it together and, and understand that you're not alone um, and that there's other people that are um, in the same boat because you're definitely not alone. Um, so I have a, um, a course that I'm doing for that and I'm sure there'll be more. Um, You'll find that all on the website. And then I also have a uh, Facebook group that I have. That's where I get really vulnerable. It's just a little safe bubble. Um, and that's um, my VIP group. So Shannon Smith VIP. And then um, if as long as Facebook still has it open by that point, because Facebook. And then, <laughs> and then um, I, I am publicly as well on Instagram and Facebook as well. So yeah, you can find me just about anywhere you are. Yes, and definitely check out the Instagram because wow, beautiful, just absolutely gorgeous. I can Thank you. definitely say like, that's amazing. So thanks. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, go out and get the book, everyone. It's Body Image Remix by Summer Inanin. Thank, thank you. you if you are thinking of buying this book, please go to IWishIWereMe.com and click on the Fat Girl Book Club tab to use the affiliate link and support this podcast. Keep reading, everyone. 